This is Lessons in Life, Journeys in Offender Rehabilitation, a podcast from the New South Wales Department of Justice. My name's Jordan and I've been given an all-access pass inside the New South Wales criminal justice system. This week, can the media be a force for good in the lives of offenders? I chat with media director, former broadcaster and author, Michael Duffy. And a lot of people are naturally quite, you know, afraid to hear that someone is a criminal or has come out of jail. So I think to the extent that we can, to some extent, demystify what it's like to be an offender, why people offend, what sort of human beings they are, what they've been through and what they want to do when they get out of jail and thereby make other people more receptive and supportive of them. I think um, through the media, we can actually achieve a lot. Recognising the staff who help offenders to turn their lives around. We speak with Rebecca Simpson about National Corrections Day. Getting the media in and letting them see what our staff do, um, how they work with inmates, what programs inmates undertake and the industries and the variety of different areas of corrective services was a way of informing the public and in doing so we did it through the media. And finally I talk with Assistant Commissioner Luke Grant about career opportunities at Corrective Services New South Wales. Something I can just say from my own personal experience is it's very very rewarding. You can work with people and you can get a very immediate sense that your efforts are appreciated and also that change is possible. First up this week, following a long and successful career as a broadcast journalist, author and publisher, Michael Duffy joined Corrective Services New South Wales in 2012. He now leads the media and communications team responsible for the public face of corrections. Michael, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, What's it like to lead the media unit at Corrective Services New South Wales? It's probably rarely been more interesting a time to work here because there's an enormous amount of change going on. Uh, in particular, there's a great, a great confidence, a great burst of enthusiasm that we can do something about reducing reoffending. So prisons are not just about keeping the community safe, although of course that's our basic job, but they're also about trying to, to make more of a difference by ensuring that when people do get out of prison, and most offenders do get out at some point, the chances that they'll do something wrong are less than if we hadn't you know, dealt with them in a certain way. So it's drawing on a whole range of skills and, and energy and time and effort, and it's, it's just going to be really interesting to see how that works. Has the media got an appetite for certain stories, and if so, how has that appetite changed over the years? Now, the media's, the media's interest in prisons is really the same as it's always been. Uh, the media's interest in anything is basically driven by um, a sense of drama or crisis. Uh, and it doesn't matter what the subject is, and so prisons are hardly immune for that. So they're, they're naturally interested in issues to do with security and with breaking the rules and what happens when you break the rules. Uh, they're naturally interested in things like contraband and finding drugs and the way we look after inmates and stop ba- ba- bad behaviour, how we respond to bad behaviour. Um, they're interested in anything that might seem like a riot. You know, we often have conversations with the media about is it a riot if you've got six people misbehaving or 12 or 20 um, because prison riots sell newspapers, basically. So I don't think that's changed. I don't think it ever will. It's something to do with the nature of the media and also the nature of the audience. What are some of the best stories coming out of corrective services at the moment? A big issue with corrective services is that the inmate population keeps growing. And this continually surprises journalists. They often talk about the fact that the inmate population has reached a historic high, as if there's some profound significance of this. But of course, Australia is one of the fastest growing countries in the first world. And we're at historic highs with absolutely everything, whether it be housing or the number of people in hospitals or schools. So 
um, even though it continually surprises journalists, there's actually nothing really surprising about the fact that we do need more prisons because the population is growing and the number of, um, you know, offenders grows, everything else being equal, just as the number of school children grows. So I think some of the interesting stories that is building prisons, we hadn't built that many prisons for a long time. Now we're building quite a few because there was um, a sharp increase in the prison population fairly recently um, because of changes to sentencing and also improvements in policing. And we're experimenting with new types of prison. We've got some dormitory ones called rapid build prisons at Wellington and Cessnock, uh, which are going really well. But for New South Wales, they're quite new. We used to just lock people, one or two or maybe three, in a cell. But now we've got the dormitory approach. Uh, but also a lot more time out of cells where people are getting more chance to acquire skills and do stuff. And that's really interesting just to actually be involved not only in you know huge infrastructure projects around the state and trying to get the staff and all that, but also just seeing how they work out, seeing how the new approaches work out. So that's pretty exciting. The other thing is we've got uh, a very large burst of funds to reduce reoffending, And once again, I mean, it's a really interesting social challenge. There's almost nothing more important perhaps than, than how do you take someone who's committed a crime and reduce the chance that they will commit another crime when they get out of jail. Because we do know, I mean, sadly, that most crime, most serious crime anyway, is committed by a relatively small group of people who just repeat committing crime. And if you can, you know, make even a small difference to that group of people, you've really achieved something important. And I think, you know, helping journalists tell stories about what we're doing there to the public um, makes it a very interesting time to be working in the media. Now, Michael, do you see the media as being capable of playing that kind of positive role in the rehabilitation of offenders? Yeah, I think the media can be useful because it's really important when offenders get out of jail, uh, usually on parole, that they get support from a whole variety of people. I mean, of course, their families and their friends, um, but also people like employers, for example, or some of them go to TAFE, educational institutions. And a lot of people are naturally quite, you know, afraid to hear that someone is a criminal or has come out of jail. So I think to the extent that we can, to some extent, demystify what it's like to be an offender, why people offend, what sort of human beings they are, what they've been through and what they want to do when they get out of jail um, and thereby make other people more receptive and supportive of them. I think um, through the media we can actually achieve a lot. Helping to tell the story is Senior Media Liaison Officer Rebecca Simpson, a driving force behind Corrections Day, which was held for the first time in 2017. The celebration is now a national event. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Corrections Day. Corrections Day all started about me thinking about what here at Corrective Services we can do to say thank you to our staff. And some other organisations had done really great media opportunities and things around events, around thanking their staff. So you look at the SES that have um, Wear Orange Wednesday, so they interact with the public by getting them to wear orange because that's what their staff wear and that's a way of saying thank you for their support. Similarly, the paramedics have Thank a Paramedic Day. So um, it was just, I guess, a way of finding a day to say thank you to our staff and an opportunity for the public to see what really goes on behind the prison walls because, as you mentioned, reducing reoffending is one of the biggest aims of all our staff across prisons and in community corrections. But sometimes explaining to that to the media or to the public is not always the easiest way. And I think getting the media in and letting them see 
what really what our staff do, um, how they work with inmates, what programs inmates undertake and the industries and the variety of different areas of corrective services was a way of informing the public and in doing so we did it through the media. Do you think the media were surprised at a lot of the things that they saw? Yes, definitely. I think a lot of um, the media didn't realise how many different roles there were in corrective services. So a lot of them thought, firstly, they're called guards, which they're not. They're correctional officers. They go through um, weeks of training and it's nationally accredited. So that was new for them. So a lot of them didn't realise that these people had to do quite a bit of training to get into the job. And obviously the program staff, psychologists, the variety of different staff, I don't think they, the media quite knew how many different types of roles there were in the organisation. And Beck, how do you find it working for corrective services? I think it's interesting every day. I mean, I would say fun is the word that comes to mind because I think I work with such a great team. Um, fun may not always be the material working with, but definitely interesting because you don't know what's going to happen. So we try to be proactive as we can in terms of uh, sh- showing, you know, bringing in the media to see the programs and the, the the things that are happening in corrective services. But a lot of it is reactive, so questions around parole, questions around incidents that happens in the jail. So it's it's very busy and but interesting. It's not for everyone though, is it? We've had some people casuals who found the subject matter I mean you you get to hear a lot about the offences of some pretty serious criminals and some of it's pretty yeah it's it can be you know a bit offsetting but um and I think as well sometimes you as a as a media advisor you kind of need to take a step back as well because you might have an opinion on something or you might have an opinion about a law or the parole per se but your job is to be neutral and just provide a statement so sometimes you've got to take away take away what you think is right and just deliver the message Correction saves an opportunity for people who may not have considered a career in corrections to rethink their first impressions. I asked Assistant Commissioner Luke Grant about the benefits of working with Corrective Services New South Wales. Well, I mean, Corrective Services offers a diverse range of employment opportunities. I, I pause there for a moment because I was thinking, what does that actually mean? Because the correctional world is really like a whole world, like the prison side of things is effectively like managing a community where people have to be fed, they have to be employed, they need health services. They need, you know, containment services. So every possible um, aspect of human life and behaviour has to be managed when someone's actually in a full-time custodial environment. And that means there's a range of sort of jobs and roles that are available for people with almost every type of skill. You know, we employ tradespeople to, to work with offenders to give them trades. We have teachers who work in prisons. We have health workers, even they work for justice health. And we have custodial staff who perform a range of functions. So there's a lot of diversity in the roles that are available. That's probably my first um, statement. The second thing, which is something I can just say from my own personal experience, is that it's very, very rewarding. You can work with people and you can get a very immediate sense that your efforts are appreciated and also that change is possible. And even though it's quite dispiriting sometimes to see people coming back because a lot of people relapse in their behaviour the drug use behaviour, the types of people they associate with when they're out of jail or in the community. Um, they can fall back on their old patterns. It can sometimes be a little bit disappointing. There is enough sort of wins there for you to feel very positive about what you do. I think rather sadly the community doesn't appreciate enough the role of community corrections or custodial corrections. 
there are stereotypes, you know, in films, you know, particularly present officers that are very, very negative. Um, and I think people have failed to see um, how extraordinary, you know, these roles can potentially be. That the fact that we have such a low attrition rate compared to other industries is a real testament to how engaging the work is that we provide. And I think that's what people might be surprised. I don't assume that most people join corrective services because they've got a burning ambition, you know, from the from being a small child <coughs> to become a custodial officer. Perhaps, you know, things like forensic psychologists and things, they've got a bit of a an image, you know, in the media. Um, but when people actually come, if they do stay in the job, as I said, most people do that, you can have a very, very rewarding career. You can move through a whole range of developmental opportunities. You know, prison officers can go from a base grade prison officer to becoming the commissioner, as we've seen with the previous commissioner um, who had started you know, in corrective services in New South Wales and worked his way from the bottom through to the top, or the current commissioner started as a prison officer in the German prison service. So there's a, there is a really, it's a really big career path um, opportunity for people who join corrective services. There's opportunities for career profession, a lot of opportunities for um, job satisfaction. Whilst people like to highlight um, the challenges of working in prisons, um, and it, it can be very, very stressful and can be quite demanding, um, it's also possibly safer than people might like to admit. You know, there's a tendency, I think, to, to talk about the work as being exceptionally dangerous, but the level of serious work injuries we have is is given the nature of the work is actually quite low um, and it's something we'd like to see obviously stay low and to be eliminated given the very dynamic um, and unpredictable people who we work with and the stressors that everyone's under in that environment um, I think it's quite remarkable the way that people can have such a safe working life throughout their career having said that you know staff get assaulted um, and they can be exposed to, to trauma in the workplace. So I'm not, I don't want to present it as the most rosy picture, but I think as a working environment, there is very good support from colleagues and peers and great opportunities to move across your career in a whole diverse series of roles. Next week in the final episode of this series, we look into the new multi-agency approach for offender management. And eventually we kind of realised that there's 8% of the offender population that are responsible for 18% of crime. So really working with that small cohort was going to have a big impact. And remember, you can find out more on the Justice New South Wales Facebook page or visit our website, justice.newsouthwales.gov.au. This is Lessons in Life, Journeys in Offender Rehabilitation, a podcast from the New South Wales Department of Justice.